and welcome to episode 295 of the Ask the Coach show where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Uh, thank you Jeffrey and uh, nice to be uh, with you listeners on this beautiful Melbourne spring day. Yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's spring and it's going to be a top of 16 degrees and yeah. possible rain. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It was cold last night. I don't know what What's that is on? in Fahrenheit, Alice, but it's not very hot. <laughs> no, it's cold, in fact. It's cold and it's meant to be spring. It's crazy. <laughs> yes. And, and Alois, of course, it is Halloween today. It is Halloween. That's right. Um, have you got uh, Have you got any trick or treating ha- happening, Jeffrey? Oh yeah, yeah, the kids are super excited, um, and so yeah, definitely some trick or treating tonight. Ah, uh, excellent. And I was in Japan I, recently. I think we will just close, close off the house. You'll just close off the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, hide inside. Yeah, you'll get some tricks played on you then. <laughs> oh no. I tell you who does like a good uh, um, Halloween is the Japanese. We were over in Japan and in early October and they were already, you know, full in swing for Halloween. All the stores had Halloween decorations and ah, and and our kids went to Universal Studios and there they have, after about 4.30 in the afternoon, the zombies start coming out of the street scaring everyone. Oh, oh, no thanks. (laughs) Exactly. Now, because it's Halloween, Alois, instead of joke of the week, we've got jokes, jokes of the week. So we're going to, we're going to run jokes of the week. Yeah. We're going to run through some really quickly. Are you ready? Okay. Go. What kind of horses go out after dusk? Uh, don't know. Dark horses. No nightmares. (laughs) It's, It's all scary jokes here. What do ghosts like to ride in... Why do ghosts like to ride in elevators, Alois? I don't know, Jeff. It raises their spirits. <laughs> Why? Oh, no. What do mummies like listening to on Halloween? I don't know. Rap music. <laughs> mummies. Oh, uh, mummies, yeah. All right, last one, Alois. Why didn't the skeleton like the Halloween candy? Um, I don't know, Jeff. He didn't have the stomach for it. (laughs) Yeah. Halloween jokes of the week. I mean, maybe we should have jokes of the week every week because, you know, why save all the best jokes for Halloween? Yeah, or why, yeah, not. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, they were were very good, Jeff. Uh, Thank you. They were right up to your standard. <laughs> yeah, don't you love his backhanded compliment, listeners? Uh, anyway, um, Alois, let's move on to On This Week. Uh, now, finally, we come to something useful. Um, so, uh, speaking, of, speaking of Japan, Jeffrey, it's, mm-hmm. um, tomorrow is Ai Fukuhara's birthday, the 1st of November. So I Fukuhara, I remember her in uh, 2004 was was the, uh, the 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 next big thing in table tennis, um, and uh, she played in the 2004 Athens Olympics at just age 15 
years old. So uh, the youngest ever female table tennis player to debut at the Olympics, um, where she reached the round of 16. And I remember that quite well because she beat one of our own players, Meow Meow, in the second round. Ah. Uh, 4-3, and it was 11-9 in the seventh. So I remember that match very well. Um, so yeah, I Fukuhara. I mean, apart from uh, apart from that, has done uh, has done a lot. She uh, won a silver medal in the Olympics in the teams in 2012. Um, got a silver medal in the teams in 2016 at the World Championships in KL, and um, and also a silver medal at the Asian Games in the teams. So so she's really uh, she's really been one of the top players in the world. But uh, just recently uh, married uh, the. The Chinese Taipei player Chang Hong Chie, um, just after the Rio Olympics, and now has a young baby girl that was just born in early October. So, uh, so you know, she's now a mother. There you go. Time just so, keeps moving on, doesn't it? Exactly. I just remember when she was just a fifteen-year-old, and I was, you know, watching her <laughs> at the Olympics. Um, and uh, and also coming up is. Matthew Syed's birthday on the 2nd of November. And uh, Matthew Syed's a, a player that we talk about a lot. Um, but, you know, looking him up on um, on the internet, you know, the first things that come up is, is writer, journalist. Um, you know, we don't know him as a writer or journalist. He's Matthew Syed, the table tennis player. Absolutely. Uh, but, um, yeah, so he, uh, again, I remember Matthew... Uh, I coached against him in uh, the 2002 Commonwealth Games um, in the men's teams event where England went on to win the gold medal um, in 2002. And that was the first Commonwealth Games that table tennis was uh, was played at. So uh, so very uh, auspicious uh, win there uh, to Matthew Syed. But also he, um, he reached the final of the European Youth Championships in 85, losing to Dmitry Mazanov from Russia. Um, then won the um, the English uh, team won the European Championships in 1986, which is huge, um, and then represented uh, Great Britain in 92 and 2000 at the Olympics. Um, was English champion four times in 97, 98, 2000, and 2001, and won three Commonwealth table tennis championships men's singles in 97 2000 and 2001 and they were actually three consecutive championships so um so he's a very well um, very well credentialed player but you know on on the internet if you look him up journalist and writer yeah absolutely i guess you know he's got to keep going with his new career so you see all that but yeah what a fantastic record very impressive when you look at all all the accomplished um yeah. in his table tennis career yeah, yeah, so, but, uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, so I mean, he he wrote one of the books that uh, we talk about a bit as well. Bounce. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fa- fascinating book. If you haven't read it, go out and get yourself a copy. Uh, very, very interesting. Yeah, it's about the myth of talent and the power of practice. And like, I don't fully agree with him in the book, but it's it's definitely thought provoking, and it's it's a really good read. Um, and I haven't read his other books, Alois. I should get some of those. He's got one on black box thinking and one, uh, a new one called The Greatest, The Quest for Sporting Perfection. So based off his other books, I'd say they should be good. I should go out and get myself a copy of the new books. Yes, yes, I'll have to do the same and uh, read up on them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, happy birthday, Matthew Syed and I, Fukuhara. 
Great segment, Alois. Um, you I did, told you. You I did well ya. to follow on from, you know, I set the bar really high with those excellent Halloween jokes. So yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you might have felt some pressure, but you just, you nailed it. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, 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 thanks, uh, Chef. Yeah, yeah. No worries. <laughs> All right. That, it is now time for the tip of the week. All right. So the tip of the week is to serve your best serve often. So this is one I, I've um, I've rolled out a few times, but I think it's really relevant because I see it see it happening time and time again that players, you know, think that well they find this really good serve that they've got against a player, and then they just tuck it away and don't use it till you know the end of the match when the match gets tight. And sure, it's effective at that stage, but you know if you use it more often. It doesn't get to that stage. It doesn't get to that tight situation. So, um, so it's it's one that I, I like to uh, tell players about a lot, and that is, you know, so work out as you as you explore um, in a match, and you know, you might be playing a new player. Try out a few different serves, but if you find something that that they really don't like, try it a few times and try it often. You know, it's hard for them to adjust. If you find that they are adjusting, you know, change for a little while, but come back to it, you know, so you can play that serve, you know, 50 to 60% of the time um, or even or even higher. So, um, yeah, so use that effective serve often. Yeah, it's a good tip. And I think the reason people don't is, like you just mentioned, Alice, they're worried that the opponent's going to get used to it and then they won't have that weapon anymore. They'll lose the advantage. But I guess it's... When you're playing someone that serves a really good serve to you and you don't quite read it, all you're thinking is, I hope they don't serve it. You're not really, you know, going to adjust that quickly to it, are you? No, that's right. So, um, yeah, let's let's try to utilise that effective serve often now. Okay, sounds good. All right, and that moves us on, Alois, to the drill of the week. Yeah, so the drill of the week this week is to, to, to find that best serve of yours... And I want you to practice it. But when you practice it, so practice it with a partner. And I want you to try to watch what they do to the return each time. So, um, so you know, it might be your backhand side spin serve. And I want you to watch what type of patterns they develop with with the return as well. You know, so so where are they most likely to return it to? What type of shot are they most likely to play um, against that serve obviously in a practice situation they'll be a little bit freer and they'll experiment a bit and do a few extra things but try to work out what their what their most comfortable response is and that's the that's the response you're going to tend to get in a match situation yeah excellent drill alloys i i really like um these drills that encourage you to think a little bit more about what's happening because often players can just go out there and think they're practicing well, but they're not really concentrating on what's happening. So having some kind of focus like this or some kind of instruction, like try to predict the type of returns, it just makes you uh, a little bit more aware of what's going on and you've got a little bit of extra focus. And I really think that helps you practice. Yeah, indeed it does. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, great uh, tip and drill of the week there, Alois. Um, now in the tournament wrap, another big event on the world stage, Alois? Yeah, so the Women's World Cup uh, just finished a couple of days ago um, and uh, it was pretty exciting again. I mean, this one, the, the Women's World Cup went uh, the way that we expected it, I suppose, um, yeah, in the end. Upsets. 
Yeah, less upsets in the Men's World Cup that was uh, just held last week, uh, with Zhu Yu Ling ending up beating Lu Xi Wen. So an all-China final. Um, and reversing the result from last year as well, when, if we, if you remember, Mu Hirano came through with the goods at the World Cup last year uh, to, to beat the Chinese and, and, and win the event. So Mu Hirano this time made the semi-final. Um, losing to Lushi when 4-0, and it was an absolute devastation. It was 5-7-1-6. and six. So I think the Chinese um, had a bit to prove there uh, against Mu Hirano at the World Cup. Um, and then uh, Cheng Yiching um, lost in the other semifinal to Zhu Yuling, and, but then went on to beat Mu Hirano in the bronze medal playoff um, for third place. So... Um, I suppose the the well, there was a couple of interesting things. There was one controversial point um, in the final between Zhu Yuling and Lu Xi Wen. So it was um, two games all and eleven ten to Lu Xi Wen. Oh, critical point in the match. Yeah, and Zhu Yuling played a topspin and claimed that it hit the end of the table, and Lu Xi Wen said no, it didn't hit, and the umpire uh, didn't see the uh, the edge. So. Um, there was there was you know probably thirty seconds to a minute where the players were arguing with each other and the, and uh, Zhu Yuling was appealing to the umpire, but Lu Xiwen wouldn't give in. Um, she um, she was adamant that uh, you know it was the umpire's call and uh, and she didn't think it hit the edge. So so that was uh, that was very controversial. So that was uh, for Lu Xiwen to go up three games to two, um, but then it's interesting uh, at that point, Alois, because. I mean, should the players be the ones uh, making the decisions? I kind of think that the umpire should just take control there because otherwise, you know, the players can get into fights and think. But if it's just like the umpire's decision's final, then, then it takes away the, the player's responsibility to fight it out. Um, yes, but I think in table tennis, though, there's, there's a bit of an unwritten code. And I think, you know, I'd have to say especially in Europe and in the European leagues, if you see that um, the umpires made a mistake with a call, you know, for an edge or a let or, or whatever it is, that the players will call it themselves and uh, will reverse the decision uh, with the umpire. And the umpire usually accepts that. So it's a bit of an unwritten rule, um, especially in Europe and in the European leagues. And, you know, it's almost, it's, it's it, not almost, it's absolutely frowned upon if... Um, if you um, uh, seem to to be cheating in any way uh, in that situation, so well, what um, if here the ball didn't hit the edge, and as the umpire and yeah, it called, yeah, yeah, then no, you no, meant no, that's to fair. say, oh yeah, it did hit the edge, or we no. replay the point, or yeah, no, 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 that's fair enough. No, it's completely fair enough. So Lucy Wen may well have been completely right that the ball didn't hit the edge, and and even on the replays, it's it's really difficult to tell. Um, it's certainly at full speed, and um, when you see the point live, um, I didn't think it hit the edge. Um, you know, when they did the replays, you know, it, maybe there was a little bit of a um, deflection, but, you know, it, it was very, very faint, if anything. So, yes, I mean, Lucy Wen was, was well within her rights if she didn't think that it hit the edge Yeah. Um, to, to stand up for herself, definitely. Yeah, interesting one. But, yeah, but if, yeah, if they hear it hits the edge, yeah, different story, I guess. 
Yeah. So anyway, so bottom line, Zhu Yuling ended up going on winning uh, 4-3. So uh, she won the last two games, 11-9 and 12-10. So, you know, Lucia Wen missing out again on a on a major title. Um, you know, we saw her a couple of years ago lose to Ding Ying in the final of the World Championships, um, 4-3 when she was, you know, up and Ding Ning, you know, had that uh, – had that – uh, ankle injury and and uh, yeah, so Lucy went missing out. Tough one, close one again. There we go. I wonder if we'll ever get uh, the video replay coming in, Alois, where we have cameras like high speed, uh, high yeah. definition cameras right on the edges just to um, capture every moment. Yeah, and I, th- I think so. And, and uh, Adam Bobro during the commentary was was talking about that. You know, he said, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, should we go to the video replay? And you know, can this be used?" So, I mean, I'm sure it can get to that. I mean, the thing in, with table tennis, though, is I mean, there's very, very few of those uh, controversial points. I mean, it's pretty easy to see whether the ball hits the edge or not most of the time. I'd have to True. say this one was a really fine one if it was an edge at all. So, But but um, Zhu Yuling was adamant that, you know, she she felt it hit the edge and, you know, so, um, yeah, it's, hard, it's always hard to tell, though, in those pressure situations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, so overall a good tournament. Any other um, interesting results we need to know about? Um, there was in the in the group stage uh, some interesting results. So um, so Zhang Mo, the Canadian, beat Lily Zhang four um, three in a tough uh, close one, eleven seven in the in the seventh game. Uh, yeah, um, and our own Jen uh, Fang Lei um, had had uh, Georgina Poda and Matilda Ekholm and, and yeah, couldn't get over the line there. You know against some tough European opponents um yeah and sabine winter from germany going down to dina meshref in uh, from egypt um as well in in the group stage um fairly comfortably so i know sabine uh, has had some good good results but um yeah having a bad world women's world cup there you go Excellent. All right. Well, another another successful uh, event for the ITTF. I think, um, yeah, these events are, you know, building in publicity and, you know, I think they're doing a great job. Absolutely. Excellent. All right, Alois, that means it is now time for the questions. Uh, yeah, excellent. Uh, you got Bring your them on. All right, you're ready. Okay, here we go. First one is from Joshua, and he wants to know, is this a let? He says, I've got an odd question about a special case for a serve. He says, I understand that for a serve to be a let, the serve hits the net, but otherwise must be a legal serve. Normally, this is when you serve the ball, it hits your side of the table, then the net, and then the opponent's table. But Joshua wants to know, what if the order's changed? And say I got really lucky or unlucky, and I serve the ball, and it hits the net first, then my side of the table, and then bounces over to the opponent's side of the table. In short, a normal serve has the order table, net, table, but what if the order is net, table, table? Well, this is an interesting one, Joshua. So my initial response was that, yes, I think it would be a let because it's hit the net during the serve. And uh, and uh, there was a bit of discussion on the on the site so I went to the source. I went to Graham Island, our 
our rules guru and uh, um, international uh, referee. Yes. And he came back and he said, sorry, Alois, I think you are wrong. So he's he said that uh, you've quoted the let rule but not the service rule, which says that the ball has to first touch the server's court. And in this case, it's touched the net before touching the server's court. So, therefore, it is a... Not a let, it's a fault because it hasn't followed the correct order of uh, table, net, table for a let. And, so there and you I, go. Yeah, that, that makes sense when, when it's explained like that, is doesn't it? Yeah, indeed. Yep. So yeah, It's just yeah, not a legal serve. No, and it's not something that you see because it's very difficult to do, obviously, to get the ball to hit the net first. Is it even net. possible? <laughs> Well, you'd have to have a lot of topspin on the ball and almost smash the ball into the net um, and so that it just bounces back a little bit, um, has a whole heap of topspin on it, and then it bounces up and um, over the net. So I am going to give it a try and see if it is, or if I can do it. It's obviously possible because uh, Joshua saw it happen. But uh, I'm going to. Did he see it happen or is he just asking about it? No, I think uh, I think he did see it happen. Hmm. I'm not convinced. Yeah, said, it's po- I'm not convinced it's possible. Yeah, he said I got a really lucky or unlucky serve where the ball hit the net, my oh. table, the opponent's table. So yeah. So I think I think oh, he, he did say it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. So yeah, Joshua. Need to get that on video. Yeah, if anyone can get that on video, send it to us. And Alois, you better film your attempts. I want to see your attempts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon I'll do it first time. (laughs) Or second or third or 48th, maybe. Okay, excellent. All right. Um, Next question is from Filippo, who says, Hi, Alois, I've not asked you a question for quite a while, so I thought I'd show I'm still keen and thankful for all the hard work you and Jeff do for us. He says, a few months ago, I took the decision to use long pimples with no sponge on my backhand. I'm 71, have always played at the table, but the game was becoming too fast for me, so I needed something to slow it down, and so far, the pimples have worked for me. I don't have the problem of receiving fast service on my backhand, and I have more opportunities to use my trusted forehand, and the control is also exceptional, so it's working well for him. But he says, to give myself a chance, a chance, I decided not to play any league matches or tournament this year. So in terms of results, I'm not certain if I'm doing better than before. But judging from some friendly matches at practice sessions, I should be getting better results. But it really is too early. So he's now coming to his questions. So that's all the background information. He says, sorry about the lengthy preamble, but I needed to explain the motivation behind this drastic change. He wants to know, are there any hints you can give him about the strategy to follow and anything that else that'll help him to make the most out of using long pimples on his backhand. Yeah. So, um, so Filippo, it's, um, it's, it's often a move that players do make, you know, later when they, when they feel like they're slowing down um, to go to the long pimples on the backhand and, and it's fine. I think, um, I think it's a reasonable sort of uh, strategy. So why uh, do the long pimples on the backhand help when you're sort of slowing down a little bit? Yeah, so um, when it hits the long pimples, it actually slows the ball down um, and then gives you a little bit more time. Um, It also is less reactive off the spin and the speed. So when that ball comes at you with a lot of spin by putting the long pimples at it, uh, you can control the ball back and then give yourself a little bit more time um, 
and space to make your your forehand attack that uh, that Filippo is doing. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, so um, so I think you know moving forward now, Filippo, the the best thing is to yes keep practicing with it, um, but I think you need to start to play some more uh, competitive matches now. So once you get the feel of uh, the pimple, it's really important to move on to put yourself into the match situation because it's so different to to react in a practice situation uh, to play that ball with the long pimples than it is in a in a tight match situation where you tend to go back to your natural reaction. Your natural reaction is probably still with the inverted rubber. So, you know, if the ball comes quickly at you, you might react like you've got an inverted rubber on the backhand uh, instead of the long pimple. So, so I'd say put yourself into some more match situations now. Um, you know, I, and taking a year off is probably a long time. I would, you know, jump straight back now and start to play some league matches um, especially, or at least, you know, set up some some more, um, more less friendly um, competitive matches so that you, you start to react um, a little bit more or learn to react with the long pimples rather than the inverted rubber. Yeah, good tips, good tips. Sometimes you just got to jump back in, don't you? And um, it's amazing how that will even, you know, encourage you to, to adapt even more um, and get better with those long pimples. Good tips and uh, good to see you experimenting there with some different options, Filippo, and good luck. Alrighty, let's move on to the next question from Jim, who says, it was questions about using the side spin flick, Alois. He says, what's the scenario where the side spin flick is most useful? He's gathered that it's to replace a forehand push on a short backspin serve, and he's trying to figure out also how to practice it with his robot. But he wants to know, is the point of the side spin to help lift the backspin on the short return? He says, I feel like I can use this move when the ball has no spin or it's a short top spin, but it's difficult to lift it on the short backspin. And if it is just a case of more practice, or should he be trying to use uh, this on the short backspin serve return at all? Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that side spin banana flick is useful against the backspin um, short serve, um, especially especially on when it's short to your forehand side, it gives you a good angle with the with the banana flick. Um, if you're finding that you're hitting the ball into the net off the backspin, I want you to try to hit the ball m- more on the side of the ball rather than behind the ball or on the top of the ball. So it sounds like you know when there's no spin um, or top spin, you're able to flick over the ball. Yeah, and, that, and this shot's still useful when it's, uh, and probably, like um, Jim said, easier when it's no spin or top spin, but it's still, you still can use it on those balls. Yeah, yeah. But when, when there's the backspin, if you're not executing it correctly, then the ball is going to go into the net. So, so it's really important to get around the side of the ball and contact that side um, of the ball to, uh, to help you to lift that backspin um, the short backspin over the net. Yeah, and and the top players make it look so easy, Alice. They just step around and look like there's there's nothing on the ball, and they just do it so easily. But it does take a lot of practice. Absolutely, it's it's a it's a tough um, tough stroke, and it requires a lot of fine contact on it. So uh, so yeah, and the, and the best way to practice it is so if you if you're talking about practicing with a robot, if you can get the robot to serve just short backspin 
uh, to your forehand. That's probably a, the ideal way to start off with. But then try to get someone to serve to you as well. Try and get someone to serve with a few different variations of spin with the backspin and no spin and top spin um, short to your forehand, just so you're starting to adjust the angle of your racket um, to uh, to get that ball onto the table. And it will take it, it'll take a while, Jim, because it's it's not it's certainly not an easy stroke to make. Um, so uh, as, as Jeff said, the top players make it look easy, but uh, but yeah, there's a fair bit involved with that side spin flick and we've got a we've got a video on the backhand side spin flick um that we'll put a link to in the show notes excellent all right great question jim so yeah you can use it against that backspin but it does take a lot of practice so keep working on it and just as a final little tip don't just for everyone don't forget that the short push is still a good option uh, against the short backspin serve so you don't have to flick every ball um yeah all right good one Next up is a question from Jack, and he says, Hello, Ping Skills. I noticed that uh, whenever I switch from forehand to backhand or vice versa, I tend to shift my grip a little, and this hinders my reaction speed. However, if I do not shift my grip, the racket feels like it's in the wrong position, and it also limits the flexibility of my strokes. So his question is, is it normal to shift my grip, or am I holding the bat incorrectly? Yeah. So Jack, um, this is this is a common one, especially early on with players. It's really important to find a grip that is fairly central that you can use easily for both the forehand and backhand. Um, in table tennis, once you once you develop um, and you're starting to play at a higher level, you just have not got time to be switching grips too much between the forehand and backhand. So I want you to to do a lot more practice of um, switching from forehand to backhand. So get your partner to block the ball, you know, initially just one to each side, one to the backhand, one to the forehand, and just see if you are changing your grip. Try to get something that feels comfortable on both shots. You know, play it really slowly and easily first, just some nice controlled hitting on both sides, and then try to focus on, okay, where where's that grip feel okay to be able to play both sides. So then you can progress that uh, drill to to them starting to hit the ball more randomly so that now you haven't got time to change your grip at all because you don't know where the ball is coming um, and, you can, and, and you need to really have that central grip. Um, and then once you feel comfortable there, you can start to speed it up a little bit more um, and then start to play some more rally-type situations as well. So uh, this is a really important one. Uh, to get right, and if you're a if you're a beginner or if you're just starting out, it's it's important to get it right early because it makes it a lot easier um, as you as you progress. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's much easier to get it right from the beginning than to have to try and fix a bad habit. Correct. Yeah, and and great tip about the progression there. Hopefully that helps you, Jack, in in your ability to develop that uh, ability to switch between strokes. Um, we also have a ping pod a video where Alice and I talk about this in detail, so I'll link to that in the show notes. So have a read of that, um, or have a watch of that. That'll be that'll be helpful too. Because I think Alois, some of the top players do look like they shift their grip slightly, but yeah, but it, it's here Jack saying it actually hinders his reaction speed. So if if it's any more that you know just from moving to the backhand to forehand it takes longer than that then it's going to cause you problems yeah so 
So they do. And, and eventually you will be able to change your grip slightly, um, but it's it's a very subtle change and it's really just changing the, the, the grip, just using your little finger and your ring finger to control it. Um, so... Yeah, so there's not a, there's not an actual movement, too much of a movement or change of actual grip. It's just a slight um, adjustment. So so that is acceptable. But again, as long as you can cope with it, as long as uh, it's not uh, affecting your stroke, then it's fine. But uh, yeah, but yeah. better to have a neutral grip, and then you don't have to worry about it. You can never Absolutely. be caught out. Yeah, indeed. Excellent. All right, great question, Jack. Uh, that actually wraps up the show so um thank you everyone for listening make sure you go to pingskills.com um and yeah check out the website there if you're watching our videos it's the best way to watch the videos you can keep track of all the videos you've watched and uh yeah so you know where you're at and come back and watch other videos plus we've got heaps of other stuff on there the vaults where you can record your tactics against opponents so yeah head to pingskills.com once again thanks everyone for listening and thank you alloys Thank you, Jeffrey, and thank you, listeners, and uh, we'll speak to you shortly. Bye.